process. It's a word that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. To some, the word might spark a negative reaction. I've heard things like, process make things too rigid. I don't have enough room to be creative. But to other people, people like me, process, especially a really great process, is an incredibly important and welcomed part of a strategy. Does that make me rigid or not creative? I mean, I guess you'd have to ask those who work with me, but I don't think so. Because without some kind of process, things that are very creative and involve a lot of people, like podcasting, can become very overwhelming very fast. But what does a great process look like? And how can you create a process that works for you and not against you? I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only marketing platform built around branded podcasts. And this is our podcast. Today, I sat down with David Poole, Director of Marketing at Georgian Partners, and one of the hardworking marketers behind the scenes of the Georgian Impact Podcast. When talking with David about their podcast, one thing became very clear very fast. They are very much like me when it comes to where they fall on the process discussion. With a six-part podcasting process, David and his team have created an assembly line of sorts that works for them to ensure their podcast episodes are each well thought out, managed, activated, and measured effectively. Dave gave us a deep dive into each step of that process, including how each episode comes together, tips for working with an agency, and how transcriptions have become an important part of his process. This episode is a great testament to, when done right, how a team can work together seamlessly to make an incredibly valuable and successful podcast happen. Let's dive in. Hello, my name is David Poole. I'm Director of Marketing at Georgian Partners and producer of the Georgian Impact Podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, David. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so let's, um, as, as we do on the show, and we're focusing on the unheard voices behind the podcast, which is you, tell me how the show came together. How long ago was it? And kind of why, why did you decide to do a podcast? The show was actually going a little before I joined the company, but the rationale for uh, starting the podcast was thinking about our audience, which is CEOs of growth stage companies. We're aware of how little time they have in their day-to-day, and the podcast format just really struck us as one that was particularly suitable to the CEO lifestyle um, because you can download it, listen to it on the go. It's very, very portable as as a format. And that was kind of the rationale for getting started. And so we, we took that and thought about if we're going with this concept, how do we, how do we think of ourselves as podcasters? Um, for that, the answer to that, we kind of went back to our cultural values as a firm. And so at, at Georgian Partners, we're really driven by the concept that certain technologies really change the way that everybody does business. So that's not just a question of adopting a specific technology. It's more to do with it will drive changes to your sales and marketing, to your customer experience, to your product, even to the financial metrics that you track. And so examples of that might be the move to cloud or uh, machine learning, which is playing out at the moment. And so we, as investors that are focused on those types of transformative technologies, thought that the perfect subject matter for for a podcast would be to focus on those technologies and to help our CEOs try to get their head around 
what it means to be ahead of the waves of technology that are still to come, but also the ones that are currently breaking and, and, and help them really kind of get a picture of how to implement and how to make best use of those technologies. So it sounds to me like you started, which I'm always an advocate of, which is who is it for and why are you doing it? So that's awesome that you started first and foremost with, with who it was that you were trying to attract as your audience and then what you could uniquely provide as value to those individuals. Kind of coming out of that, we identified that they would likely want to hear from other CEOs who had been there and done that. Subject matter experts who could really provide a deep dive on a certain aspect of, of a technology that may be impacting them and then just other case studies on, on how to do it. And always within that taking kind of a long-term view about how this might be something that really they should try to get out of the day-to-day and focus on. It's not necessarily ever going to make it to the top of their priority list until maybe it's it's too late. So trying to provide that kind of beacon and, and foresight into these big issues that, that really impact everyone's day-to-day lives. Within that, we, we're always kind of respectful of our guest's time and our listeners' time, so we keep it as short as possible. We respect our listeners' intelligence, so we try not to dumb it down. And we're, we're, we take the position that our guests know more about this stuff than we do, so we try to just uh, not overpower them. It's not our job to know the answer. It's, it's their job. So we're, we're there to prompt them on the answers and just let them kind of be the, the focus of the show. But um, as a CEO of a, of a startup, I really appreciate it. And I think that you do a great job of providing that unique value of information that we're, we're constantly looking for. We're, you know, we're constant, we're just sponges <laughs> as we, as we grow. Right. So I think, I think that's fantastic. Okay. So that's, that's about the show and kind of the, how it came together and, and why it came together. I'm interested in knowing how it fits into your overall you know, content and marketing strategy. Where does it fit in and how does it, how does it work with everything else you're doing? That's both an easy one and a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so we see our, our podcast as predominantly a, a top of funnel awareness tactic. And we see ourselves as, as kind of having a, a pipeline marketing approach to our content. So podcast sits at the top of the funnel is to drive awareness around those technology areas and to demonstrate that Georgian is not just an observer of these technology trends, but a participant in those trends ourselves. We like to think of ourselves as much as a technology company, as an investor. So we have a a team of deep experts in these areas on on staff who are able to go out and help our our companies um, to adopt these trends with workshops. They conduct hackathons in the office. We produce software that our our companies can adopt. So the, the idea of the podcast is to position Georgian as as a technology company ourselves, rather than uh, an investor. So we know why and, and why it all came together and kind of what it looks like. Tell me how it works. So you are behind the scenes managing this whole thing. And I know you stepped into it. You said it started right before you joined. What does your process look like? What is, and, and also, I'm sure, I know for a fact, this is not the only thing you're doing there. So how does it fit into your life? How does it come together, you know, week after week and show after show? The process has improved and evolved over time. <laughs> and it continues, it continues to evolve. And I will give several shout outs to several 
pieces of software that we use to drive that process because they are all best in class and they, they deserve the recognition. So we use a, a software called ClickUp to drive the process. And it's kind of a, it's a project management software, but it, it has a Kanban view. And for the podcast, we have everything laid out in a Kanban. So we can see the different episodes flowing through six different stages. And everybody who is involved in running the podcast across the organization and outside as well can see exactly where we are and we can manage a pipeline so that we don't get distracted and we keep that um, regular publication cadence. So I can go through each of the six steps because there's probably little tips and tricks that I could share each of them, but yeah, wanted to just give that high level overview first. Okay. So then from there, what happens? So that's, that's managing the, like from a high level, how does that, because quite often with a podcast, it lobs back and forth between people. Like one person schedules some, the, the guests and then another person does the interviews and then another person does the production. Like how does that ball that is the podcast <laughs> uh, volley back and forth around your team or how many hands does it change? It changes hands at every, every stage. So we, the first stage that we have is called bucking and headset. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the idea of this stage is just really to book a time for the podcast and to send a noise-canceling headset to our guest. That's really smart. So yeah, I think anybody else that's doing a podcast, that's a really good idea because not only is that a nice gift, but it makes sure that your that your sound quality is uh, is a little bit better, right? 100%. And that's exactly the reason we did it. We, we played around with so many different ways of improving the sound quality. And this was the only thing that we can found to consistently raise the bar. And as you say, it's such a nice gift for any of the guests to come on and just guarantees that quality threshold. And so then once that is done, it gets shifted into the brainstorm um, section of the process. And every time we shift a podcast across to a new phase, it automatically kicks off a series of, of tasks that are associated with the stage. So at brainstorm, it's um, myself and John Pryle, who's our host, book a, a session where we each do our own individual research. And again, we found that this is the best way to do it over time, but this is where we've landed. We do our individual research because it stops us from biasing each other's opinion <laughs> onto what we think the flow of the podcast should be, what we think we should focus on, uh, what the most interesting tidbits and stories are. If we both do it independently, we kind of come up with two different sets of ideas and then we can brainstorm together more effectively. So we have that brainstorming session booked and we go through during that and we open up a Google Doc, we pour all of our ideas in and during that hour we tend to just come up with a very high level, say four or five point flow that we think looks good for this particular guest. And then John will go away himself and add in his flavor and his coloring because he has very particular way of talking and he's, he's kind of nailed that on his own over time. So then what happens? So then we move into the recording, which is this session. Honestly, I have absolutely no part in other than I will mention that we use Zoom for all of our recordings. And if you don't know about the dual track option in Zoom, I highly recommend that you turn it on because it means you get to download separate tracks afterwards and you can clean up any coughs and sneezes that happen on the other person. And just real quick, like, cause I'm doing that right now. 
is you just, you're in Zoom. For those of you who use Zoom for your podcast, you just go up to the Zoom and then preferences and under recording, you can just set it up. It's, you, rec- you have to record to your computer as opposed to recording in the cloud. So fun tip, if you're not doing it yet, it's time to start because it, it, it is such a game changer. It is. Um, the, the only other thing I would add about the recording session is we don't share too much ahead of time. Just two reasons, one being respectful of the guest time we just kind of try to keep the interviews on subject matter that they should already be very comfortable and familiar talking about without any preparation ahead of time and the second is we've we try to create this atmosphere of intimacy and we found by sharing a whole list of questions ahead of time uh it didn't feel as off the cuff and there wasn't as much of a rapport as um as there would have been otherwise it's a really good point is that if you're interviewing someone based on something that, that they truly are a subject matter in that space, which you would hope they are, if they're coming onto your show to talk about it, they should be able to just talk off the cuff about things that you are asking about. I mean, it is good to give them kind of a something directional to say, we're going to talk about this, not so much this, but more like this is kind of the topic we're focusing in on, but it, it is much more authentic if they can just kind of you can be pointed in the right direction and just have a great conversation about it. And yeah, then the only thing that we do is, prep people ahead of time, exactly like you did, Lindsay, where we at the beginning of the recording, we say, we'll do post-production, we'll cut out anything you don't like, feel comfortable to start sentences again. Just put people at ease that it doesn't have to be a one and done. They can go back, they can assemble, they can mess things up. And that tends to get better results than having too much of a script. Okay, so you have, you have your show, it's been recorded, and then what happens from there? We move into Descript, which is our tool of choice for the production process. And so for getting to that kind of, we call it the, the rough cut, it takes about half the time, I find, than working with an audio editor that, I don't know, maybe other producers listening are more familiar with using those types of, <laughs> of programs, but I personally am much more familiar with word processing as a, as a tool set. So Descript just feels way more what I'm used to. All right. So then you have your show kind of rough cut. Where does it go from there to get like finally packaged up and and made into an episode? Typically, we will have a couple of questions that we just need to re-record just to better fit what the output is. So John will go back and and re-record. That's usually when he records his intro as well. We've played around with so many different ways of doing the intro, but we found that it works probably better if it's done afterwards. And then we send to a production company called Pop-Up Podcasting. They're based in Ottawa and they make everything sound even better. They take the flow that we've kind of hacked (laughs) in Descript (laughs) and they deal with all the cuts and the edits. They add the intro music, the outro music. They just really smooth all the plosives out and everything to make it a smooth audio experience. Very cool. So I guess pausing there, like what is your advice or learnings or thoughts on working with an agency? How has that been for you? The guys at Pop-Up, JP and, uh, and Lisa, are excellent at the two different ways that we've tried. So we've tried sending down to the second edit descriptions, and that works when there's kind of... <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll kind of say that we have two types of podcasts when they come into the production stage. One is it went according to plan, and the other is it did not go according to plan. <laughs> When it does not go according to plan, we found that it, it's easier just to send those like hit, cut here, move here, cut here, move here, second by second. And then when it does go according to plan, 
we typically just send across pretty much the raw file and they are over time they've learned more and more what looks like a good Georgian podcast and what should be removed. So I would say the advice would be build up slowly and build a relationship of trust with uh, an agency, allow them to kind of get a feel for what you would cut and what you wouldn't. Don't jump in straight away and expect them to be able to get to a perfect version. But over time you can just kind of let more and more of the, of the process go to the agency once you know that there's that trust, because that just allows you to scale even further in terms of the number of episodes you can produce and reduce the, the amount of hours that internally get spent on the podcast. So then they give you a beautiful, lovely show back all tied up with a bow. <laughs> where do you go from there? Then we, we go to Libsyn, which is where we uh, publish and distribute our podcast. But we, we also kind of have one more round of reviews back in Descript. So we actually re-upload our final version to Descript. And that's when I'll share it with Katie, who's our communications manager, who will go in and highlight and pull all of the, the, the shareable sections. And in the past, what we would do is pull those down and create audiograms. Now, what we do is go into Casted and... <laughs> take the, the casted transcript, find the social media snippets and create the key takeaways. Awesome. So that's, that's your beginning to end. And I think a lot of people that are listening that are, that are doing podcasts know, yeah, can, can totally relate to the multiple steps and multiple different people that are involved just with, with managing the show. far as what you've learned in that whole process you said it's gotten better over the over time is there anything that you would any advice you would share yeah so what, what i would say is communicate with the guests throughout the, the process because they're your strongest ally when it comes to promoting the show uh, and it shouldn't necessarily be a host to guest relationship only i think the more that you can offer to be of service to your guests and to build a relationship and to explain what it is that you're hoping to achieve and how you can help them achieve their objectives as well, the better the engagement that you'll get coming out of the show. And that that always, always has a multiplier effect on how successful the show is. I love it. That's, that's really good advice. Can't be a one and done. It is relationship. Uh, if you want an authentic conversation, you've got to build a relationship. Okay. So you mentioned impact, which I'm curious to dig into. Um, how are you measuring the impact of the show on, on the brand and on the organization? This is the hardest part. <laughs> this is the hardest part. I sh- probably shouldn't say this, but in some respects, we, we hope that it's um, impacting the brand. We, we hope that it's reaching the right people because the metrics for uh, podcasts traditionally are, are just kind of not granular enough to let us know for certain whether we are going in the right direction. So we have a couple of sets of metrics that we track. One is just number of downloads and how quickly after a show is published, those downloads come. And then the other is around what I was just talking about in terms of what reuse we can get out of the podcast, whether we can get additional content out of it, whether we can get new ideas out of it, and whether we are stretching our own brand through association with people who are at the forefront of these emerging technologies, people who are solving the problems of quantum computing and robotics and IoT and edge computing and and all of these amazing new technologies. We consider that a success 
when it comes to measuring the impact of the show on our brand. Obviously, we, we get kind of anecdotal feedback about people enjoying the show and people listening and finding it useful. And we try and keep ourselves honest by at each show making sure that we're trying to be actionable no matter how far in advance the, the technology is coming. We're trying to think, okay, if I was a CEO, what would I need to know today to help me inform how I think about this subject matter? It might not be that I'm going to go tomorrow to my CTO and say, we need to investigate the quantum computing. But it might be that I, I am able to say, when somebody asks me about quantum computing, I think that it will have a big impact in these three areas and be able to kind of confidently discuss that. So that, that would be considered an, an actionable insight for us. All that to say, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you would share with our listeners who either already have a podcast or are considering one? What's, what are your biggest learnings and, and greatest advice that you would pass along? I would say start with a very, very clear understanding of why you're doing a podcast and who the audience is. Nail down a process that works because it is a team sport and you'll have to get many, many people involved. And then select as good partners, both in terms of agency production and uh, technology partners like Casted, who can just help you bring it to life and help you get more out of the investment that you're making in each show. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for being on our show um, and for, for actually stepping out from being the unheard voice behind yours to being the heard voice on ours. <laughs> this has been really great. Thanks for shedding some light on your process. Uh, it's very helpful. Absolutely. Thanks so much for both inviting me and for shining that light on the producers of podcasts. I think it's a really cool idea. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much to today's guest. And to learn more about them and see Casted in action with clips of today's show and related content, visit casted.us. Thanks so much for listening.